HVAC 360, episode number 24. Toilet Rooms, HVAC and Plumbing. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Matt Nelson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of HVAC 360. Uh, greetings if this is your first time that you've heard uh, this uh, podcast. Please go and enjoy the rest of them. Uh, if you have uh, been a previous listener, welcome back. Uh, this week we're going to talk something a little bit different. Most of the time we focus on HVAC. This week we're going to focus on half of HVAC. As I've been thinking about this topic a little bit, toilet rooms, bathrooms, whatever you want to call them, these are places that, uh, uh, you know, really don't get much attention. You know, I mean, you're probably thinking, what's up with toilet rooms? Why, why, are, you, why are you covering this? Um, you know, you, as a designer, I remember it's something that you really didn't think about. You think it's really unimportant. You're like, okay, well, you know what? You know, code requires so many, you know, so many fixtures. Uh, here they are. Let's plumb them up, uh, design them, draw them, get them out the door. Uh, do they, you know, water turn on? Do they flush? Yep. Okay, we're good. Okay, well, let's stop a minute. Think a little bit about toilet rooms. And here's a couple of reasons. Now, when I was developing this thought behind doing a podcast on toilet rooms, uh, it came to my attention that actually, and I'm doing this today, it'll be published on Sunday, but today, the 19th of November, is the uh, uh, World Toilet Day. Uh, this is uh, the uh, uh, World Toilet Organization. The WTO is uh, uh, has proclaimed this the uh, Toilet Day. So, happy Toilet Day to you! I guess in, in the same in the same regard, I was thinking about this. I, I was reading my uh, building's uh, magazine, and uh, they had an article which I thought you know it, it's a little bit uh, obvious, but Sometimes you you miss the whole point, uh, you know, when you're in your job. Um, you know, a lot of times you'd, you'd go to places and you'd look at the diffusers, you'd look at, you know, uh, the the pieces of mechanical equipment, but you really wouldn't pay much attention to, say, bathrooms. Uh, but there's really some key points um, that I kind of want to share with you, a little wisdom that I've seen, a couple of, uh, you know, big, uh, big messes, really, uh, when it comes to bathroom design. But... The the article was dealing with a survey that was done by the uh, Bradley Corporation. It was their uh, third annual Healthy Hands Survey, Hel- Healthy Hand Washing Survey. Um, and what it stated is that uh, nearly 91% of the respondents said that they perceive businesses as badly, uh, perceive businesses badly uh, when restrooms are poorly maintained. Um, now, what do we have to do with maintenance? What does this really have to do with us? Just take a step back and think about it. Um, you know, it's easy to say that there's a couple of things that, that pop out at you um, that, uh, you know, um, whether they be water collecting on the floor or, um, you know, there's no place to put your belongings or water collecting on the sink counter, um, hand dryer wasn't working, you know, too few wash basins or sinks. Really, you know, some of these things you really don't have anything, any control over. But do you? 
can't you use your common sense and talk to the architect about being able to change some things? And it may not be all the things that are listed in the survey, but I think there are enough things that, that we're going to talk about today that you can really become uh, an advocate for. So why is this important? Let's get back to this. If you think about it, if you think about the very basic uh, bathrooms, you'd have to go all the way to the outhouse. Yes, yeah, where it's outside, it's a hole in the ground, it's, it's, it's something that you put up with. It's just bearable. I mean, it's really functional, and that's about it. I mean, there's no messing around with it. Most people would, would label outhouses as gross, disgusting, smelly, uh, someplace that, you know, if they were locked in, it would be a punishment for a long period of time. Um, so on the contrary, on the opposite side of it, we think about indoor toilet rooms. Now, think of the things that, that come to mind when you think about an indoor toilet room. Um, you know, you think about things like, you know, luxury and spending, you know, most people spend a lot of time in there. And it's someplace where you can relax. And, you know, there's, there's even jokes about, you know, reading books uh, in, in, in toilet rooms. Um, now, also, it's an important fact to know that of the, of the various places, the various rooms in your house, that toilet rooms are actually one of the, if you renovate it, uh, they're, very, they're one of the few rooms that you can actually kind of get your money out of. You get it back when you sell the house. It's, the, it's really that important. I mean, you think about a dirty toilet room, it's, it's grimy, it's smelly, you, don't wanna, you just don't want to be in there. But a nice clean one, you know, think about, you know, a clean counter. You think about a nice toilet. Everything's comfortable. Uh, it's not smelly. Everything's clean. There's a smell of maybe even a little smell of bleach. You know, when you just clean a, clean a bathroom, there's that, that smell of bleach or some sort of disinfectant that you smell. And it really has that kind of, you know, nice relaxing, you know, feeling. Whether maybe you have, like, candles or incense that you burn in the bathrooms that, um, you know, give it that kind of more luxurious feel. There's certain, you know, a luxury that can be passed along just in a bathroom, you know, and the difference between that is, is, is dirty and clean and some of the other design functions that really you're, you're kind of in charge of. I can't, you know, I can't imagine it that uh, it's really, uh, you know, why, again, why is it important? I think it's a subject that everybody can relate to. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, bodily functions here. Hopefully you're not eating lunch right now. But, um, you know, we're talking about bodily function. Everybody can relate to that. Uh, everybody's, you know, they've told jokes about it. They laughed about it. They have, you know, jokes about, you know, reading material in the bathroom or, you know, little kids. This is like one of their first things that they find absolutely hilarious. You know, they just can't talk, more, talk enough about bodily functions. It just, it just it makes them, you know, everybody's funny about that. I guess the the point I'm making is that there's there's a bathroom that I'm thinking of when I'm when I'm talking about this that is in a brand new building and when you go inside I mean a beautiful building when you go inside the bathroom the environment is 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 amazingly impossible there's and I'll just kind of explain it. You walk into this room, and during the summertime, and I'm sure that during the wintertime, it's just the opposite. But during the summertime, there's a full height glass wall. I mean, it's not clear. It's it's you know, it's it's one of the privacy glasses, but it's it's right there. It's south facing, and it is just boiling. It is beating in that bathroom. 
And it's just, there's so many things that, are, that you know, are wrong with that bathroom that could be avoided uh, with proper design and, and, you know, shepherding by the design team. You know, I guess my point is, is that these places have a set pro that, you know, should have a really a set process uh, during design with some uh, some clear flags that if you see it, that you want to make sure it's uh, an enjoyable experience for your client. That you want to be able to advocate them. You know, you don't be uh, steamrolled by the architect. So, enough of this. Little preamble. Let's get into the hardcore basics. Let's talk about the HVAC design and the plumbing design and, and, and some miscellaneous points. So obviously when we th think about a bathroom and we think about HVAC, probably one of the first things that comes to mind is whether the space is going to be a positive or negative. Um, you know, and, and clearly I think most of us would agree it's going to be a positive, it's going to be a, sorry, <laughs> it's going to be a negative uh, in regards to the rest of the spaces. You don't want any smells that are originating from the bathroom to waft out into the hallway or to adjoining spaces. That's just, it's not, it's, it's really not cool. You know, as far as how much, uh, you really, uh, you know, you have to follow the codes on this one. But, you know, when you talk about exhaust you, and you talk about locations, you know, think about locating the exhaust grills uh, really at the source of uh, whatever you want to get rid of. You know, in, in the case of, a, a, of a, just a standard uh, restroom for a building, you'd want to put it over the toilets. Uh, if it's something for the, uh, uh, the home, uh, you might think about putting it uh, by the shower or maybe if you can kind of uh, position it between the shower and the toilet, it takes care of both worlds because, um, uh, you know, really uh, when it comes to uh, mechanical exhaust, uh, I think getting that moisture out of the space is, is pretty darn important. As far as hot and cold goes, you want to make sure that, again, going back to that example uh, of that uh, bathroom with the full height glass, you really want to make sure that you minimize windows. You know, if it's if they have to put it on the exterior, fine. You know, you know, advise them against it. But if they're going to do that, you know, don't have a lot of windows. If they have to have a lot of windows, try to do something that minimizes uh, the the load, the solar load in the space. Because it really, you know, if you end up either trying to heat or cool a bathroom, that really kind of you know fights with the uh, the uh, the HVAC uh, exhaust of that room. You know you don't want to have to you know have a a room you know control uh, or have a uh, a thermostat trying to control the temperature of a room, supplying more or less air, being on a variable system, and then having it fight with this constant volume mechanical system. You know sometimes you could actually end up in in, in spots where you might be overpressurizing the space or you might be exhausting more than you need to per code because you need so much air to cool the space and in order to keep it negative, you have to have it cranked up all the time so think about that minimize that that you know that solar load minimize the glass whether you have to put a you know a fake wall and just have the windows on the outside and you put some sort of you know fretting on the glass so you don't see through just something that separates um, you know that minimizes the amount of glazing that's actually adjacent to that room you know it really doesn't help any you know a little light is fine if you're looking for natural light but you know I mean <laughs> one of the things that another, another thing about about that room is that sun it was like, you know, like a thousand watt halogen bulb just blaring into the space, but yet 
the uh, um, the lights were still on, and this had a had a daylight sensor in it. It was just it completely fried out. Just you know, it just didn't know. It was constantly always bright, the, and the lights were on. It that just floored me that you couldn't possibly shove any more light into that room, and yet the 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 light was on. Getting getting into the the control of the space when you're talking about the he- heating or the cooling. Let's talk about thermostats. If if you have to have a thermostat in the room. Okay, I would recommend against it. You know, you could put a sensor in there, something with a you know a blank face plate. Uh, a lot of times, depending on the location of uh, this restroom or, or what what it's serving, if it's a public restroom, you know, you certainly don't want anything that the public can just rip off the wall. Um, I've done a lot of schools where you know it's it's you're just asking for it. Anything that they can damage, they will. So just put like a sensor plate. Just it, you just need to know the temperature of the room. Um, and you know, if you have to pick between a a you know a thermostat between the you know the men's room and the ladies' room, maybe put it in the ladies' room. Um, but you know, there again, you know, put a cover on it if if you have one. If not, try to make it as simple as possible. Um, again, if you can get away with not having one at all, uh, maybe putting in the return, maybe that's the best. Um, if you talk about equipment, a lot of times when you think about equipment. It's all about the location, you know, location, location, location. And think about, you know, maintaining that equipment. Um, if you have a couple of things that you have to keep in mind, you never know what, what the ceiling is going to be like. It could be a drywall ceiling, could be a lay-in ceiling. Uh, so you might have access doors, you might not. If it's something that's, you know, way up high um, and you're going through an access door or a ceiling grid, you may not be able to maintain that properly. Um, you know, whether it be an exhaust fan or a VAV box, um, that might not be okay. So you want to be able to ma- have the equipment as low to the ceiling as possible uh, for the ease of maintenance. Uh, if you can locate it outside, even better. Uh, get it out of the, uh, of the bathroom completely. Um, you know, and there again, if you have to choose uh, between you know, putting equipment in the ladies' room or putting it in the men's room, you know, I would say put it in the men's room. That's the safest, safest bet. If you have to, if you have to locate it there, uh, control devices. Okay, well, you know, I mean, you talk about the exhaust fans. You know, sometimes you can put them on an occupancy sensor. Sometimes you put on them on a light switch, depending on the size of the room. Um, a lot of that uh, you have to deal with the coordination, um, you know, with the electrical uh, engineer. Make sure that they have it controlled right, whether or not it's a, a line voltage thermostat or, or something special that they have to provide. Um, you have to make sure that, that you clarify with that. And, you know, if you have it connected to the BAS, some, some systems you don't, some systems you do. Uh, does it alarm? You know, are, what are you reading? Are you just sending in a signal and you're, you're reading that at the BAS? Or are you actually getting some feedback from a, a current transducer saying, yes, the fan's on, the fan's operating? Or, you know, rather than just saying, okay, well, I'm commanding the fan on. I don't know whether it's on or not. Um, you know, a lot of times those are the questions you have to ask yourself uh, and be very specific when you're dealing with the, the uh, controls contractor to make sure that you have everything, you know, lined up correctly. Now, let's talk about noise for a second. You know, obviously HVAC systems come with noise. And you know what? Actually, for a, for a bathroom, not a bad thing. You know, most cases you're like you want to minimize the noise in a bathroom 
you really want to reduce it. In some cases, it's not such a big deal. If it's like the main toilet rooms, uh, not such a big deal uh, with, the, with the noise. But if you think about it, if you have a bathroom that's, say, adjacent to another room, say you have a teacher's lounge or you have a classroom or you have some sort of uh, uh, you know, other type of lounge that has a, uh, a restroom adjacent to that, you really want to be able to mask some bodily functions, let's say. Uh, and so you want to be able to have that fan, um, you know, be able to do, be able to assist in that. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that are getting, you know, would get uncomfortable if they didn't have some, you know, fan noise to uh, to uh, to mask, uh, you know, to to mask them. Um, you know, some people run the, uh, you know, run the faucet uh, to do that as well. But you know, there again, the noise issue. I, I don't think anybody likes a t- quiet toilet room per se, but um, and then ductwork. Uh, one thing that uh, you might not have thought about before is that you know when you're talking about privacy uh, between men and women's uh, uh, rooms, you know if you use straight ductwork, there might be an issue of privacy. Uh, so you might want to think about you know putting a bend in there uh, just to kind of offset the uh, um, difficulty of you know some sort of privacy violation issue. You know, if you if you boil it down to that, so those are some of the things that on the HVAC side that I really can uh, I can see about toilet room design. Now, when you talk about plumbing, okay, now this is what the uh, you know plumbing design. This is really what the bathroom, you know, is all about. You want to be able to nail, nail this. It shouldn't be that hard. Uh, it should be easier than the the HVAC. But again, you need to be able to plan for it. You need to have a process that you go through and you check to make sure that, yes, okay, this is the case or this isn't the case. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is that, you know, you the thing that I ran into as a designer most often is whether or not there was a chase in the bathroom. Now, a chase, if you don't know, a chase is where you put uh, plumbing piping, uh, fixture carriers, things like that, um, and if I can take a step back, if you're not familiar with plumbing at all, typically you'd have, in most uh, houses, you'd have floor-mounted toilets. Um, those would be supported from the structure below, just sit on the, uh, sit on the, uh, um, the floor and be bolted down. That would be a floor-mounted toilet. We have a wall-mounted toilet. Um, the wall-mounted toilet, along with the, uh, the urinals and uh, some of the freestanding sinks, uh, they have what are called fixture carriers. Now, these fixture carriers um, essentially are just kind of like, uh, um, you know, uh, plumbing connections that, that, that go into walls. I mean, you know, take a, take a, you know, a Google search about uh, fixture carriers, and I'm sure you can find a, 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 a picture or two uh, about those. So the uh, fixture carrier needs to sit in a chase. It, it actually takes up, I mean, takes up quite a bit of space. And there's always been an argument between, you know, architects and engineers, how big the chase needs to be. Now, there's some, you know, if you're thinking about ADA requirements and certain space requirements, they, let's back up a half a step. Bathrooms, architects will make bathrooms as small as they can unless there's some extra space that they're just going to assign to the bathroom. You know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of value in making a bathroom bigger, but the fact is, is you need to have a minimum size for a bathroom, based on accessibility. 
So whether or not you get, you know, they have the, you know, you get the wheelchair, um, you can spin a wheelchair around, or whether you can maneuver in there. Those are those are important things, and they have a minimum size requirement for that. Um, you know, but once they get past that, you know, they try to shoehorn these bathrooms in. So they try to make chases work. They'll try to take as much space. You know, they'll say, "Really, do you need that much space?" And it's like, okay, you know, don't argue with me. That's how big a chase needs to be. Um, think about it. If that wasn't the case, if you did the design and that wasn't the case, what would happen? What would happen in real life? You've designed it, and the chase is too small. Well, you're going to go out there, and you're going to have the plumbing contractor, and he's going to put down his fixture carrier. And that's, that's how big it needs to be. There's no arguing. And so what you're going to have, you're going to have a conflict about the size of the bathroom or some other room. So pick where you're going to take the space out of in design. Don't let the contractors do that. Make the wall, make the chase as big as it needs to be. Um, and, you know, pretty much just lay down the law on this, you know, because if they, if they try to cheat, guess what? The contractor's going to win. And then you're going to have the construction manager, the general contractor, resolving the issue in the field, saying, all right, the, the architect didn't know what he was doing, so we'll move this wall, you know, a couple inches this way. Don't do that. Don't try to just shoehorn it in there. A chase has to be so big, um, you know, and, and, you know, I know there's arguments about can we get a you know a thinner fixture carrier. I, I guess at that point, really, I mean, if it was if push came to shove, maybe. But do you really want to just try to eke out you know the inches just to make it fit? Just say okay, here's how wide you know the the chase has to be, and leave it at that. You know, don't get into this argument. Now, when you talk about that, one of the reasons why um, you know they like the uh, um, like the toilets off the floor, is that makes it a lot easier uh, for the maintenance people to actually mop underneath. So they can mop underneath and they can kind of clean around the toilet, and it's, it makes it a lot easier. The one thing you got to understand, though, is, is another thing that you should be putting into the bathroom is you should be putting in a, uh, um, uh, a floor drain. You know, because invariably, every place, it's there's going to be some sort of whether or not it's a broken fixture that starts running, whether or not it's an overflowed toilet that you need an extra drain. At some point, you need an extra you need a drain in the bathroom just to keep it clean. Um, so you want to locate that by the source of water. You don't want to have the water traveling all over the place. So you want to make sure that it's just, you know a little off the wall you know, right by the toilets or, you know, the urinals or someplace like that where, you know, if something if something leaks or gets clogged, and frankly, you know, when you put it like that, what is it going to be? Is it going to be the urinal? Is it going to be the sink that gets clogged? No. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be the toilet. So if you're going to locate a, uh, uh, a floor drain, put it by the toilets. Put it in between the toilets. Um, you know, j- just... Just make it easy. You know, again, this gets into the point where, you know, if you make it easy for the people to maintain a restroom, then it becomes uh, a a good-looking restroom and a clean restroom, 
and then you know they get the the positive feedback for having nice restrooms that are well maintained as opposed to the contrary where you know what they just slop some water around the floor and let it dry um you know which it, it was be just disgusting so remember put a floor drain where it needs to be um obviously with a floor drain you're probably going to you're going to have to have a, a trap primer at least in the US uh you're going to have to have a trap primer so the the uh, the drain doesn't dry out um, one thing that I've heard of done uh, is usually with uh, like gang restrooms, there might be a uh, 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 water cooler that's around there. And some designers I've heard uh, have a connection from the water cooler to that drain. So it uses the water cooler water to actually dump into that trap. I'm not exactly sure how that detail goes and what the, what the code issues are. But I've heard of that being done just to keep the trap um, you know, because trap primers invariably fail. But if you have something like a, uh, a secondary source from like a, 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 um, a drinking fountain, then, you know, it's really not an issue. So um, urinals, uh, some things to think about urinals. Again, with the, uh, um, you know, you want to take a look at ADA heights. Uh, you want to talk about regular flow, low flow, no flow. What 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 are some of the things about toilets uh, in that case? Now, or not toilets, but urinals. Okay. Now here's here's my here's my soapbox. Uh, high flow, you know, standard flow. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Low flow, pint flush urinals. Those are those are perfect. You know, it just seems like a a lot. You know, just the right amount of water. Um, you know, you could. You could go with the uh, the no flow or the uh, um, waterless urinals, and those are okay. You know, it really depends on on who you talk to. I've had scenarios where uh, I've gone into you know a well maintained place, and uh, you know it seems fine. You know, I've gone into a different well maintained place, and there seems to be a little bit of odor. Uh, you know, sometimes people say, hey, you know what, maybe you should, for the, for the maintenance people, maybe you put a little uh, uh, hose connection somewhere in the bathroom that they can kind of, you know, spray down the urinal a little bit to, to you know, give it a little rinse, um, you know, once a day when they clean it. I don't know. That's just a thought. Um, I've heard that said before. But, you know, overall, am I a big fan of the, uh, the, the waterless urinals? Uh, you know, I personally, you know, it's the geek in me that thinks they're cool, but it's the practical side in me that says, you know what, it's a pint, uh, pint flush, you know, that seems, that seems doable. So um, that would kind of be, you know, my reaction. Nothing wrong, nothing, nothing necessarily wrong with water lease urinals, but pint flush seems to be, you know, an easy answer that doesn't use too much water. On the other side, we have toilets. Again, we have the same ADA issue about the, the heights. Um, you know, the one thing, one, the one great thing, you know, when you're talking about toilets, they got, it's just, you know, nobody wants to be gross about it. Everybody, the professionals, they have this language that they talk about. So you talk about, when you talk about toilets, you talk about solids or you talk about liquids, liquids and solids or, or waste. Um, you talk about, you know, the, the different, you know, terms for, uh, uh, for, uh, bodily functions for bowel movements or whatever. But, uh, 
you know, I, I just think it, it's, you know, you call it black water or, or whatever you know, sometimes. Um, I, I just think it's interesting, especially, you know, I get a kick out of this. If you've never, if you've never seen it, and, and most of you probably have, but if you, if you haven't, um, you know, I always love how in uh, uh, commercials, you could probably go to like Kohler.com or something like that and uh, take a look at some of the, uh, the, the uh, um, you know, they, they talk about these high, uh, high powerful flush toilets, and they put these uh, little, uh, like, uh, jigglers in them, or they use golf balls or something like that to show the, the power of the flush. I think that's, you know, it's, 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 it's funny what they'll throw into a toilet and say, well, you know, look at this. It can, it can you know, like it's a real case scenario. And it's, I, I, just, I just think it's, it's, it's funny. I always have to kind of laugh that they, you know, they resort to this. You know, it's like, okay, well, they got to show something pleasant and playful and, and throw a toy in there and say, so, you know, I'm like, uh, that's, it's too funny. Um, so uh, on the toilets, you have different options as far as kind of the, the flow goes. Uh, you have, um, uh, you know, your, your dual flush and you have your standard, uh, standard flush, which is kind of being phased out. And then you have your, your low flow. So the, the thing about it is, I don't know, I'm not, you know, the dual flush I haven't seen used a lot in the U.S., um, I don't know if it's kind of a, a a thing that you have to kind of get used to. I, it would seem to me that it would be simple enough because that's really, you know, that's 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 the the option. Um, you know, when you talk about uh, a low flow fixture, um, you know, if you have solids, it might take a couple of flushes. But you know, all in all, I think that there's cases where a single flush will do. So you'd use half the water that you'd usually use. If you if you used it twice, then you know. Oh well, you you had to use it anyway. So I think that you know the low flow is is fine. Dual flush is a is probably a, a valid option. Um, I always thought that was kind of interesting. I heard about the uh, the sensor technology. Um, you can have a dual flush sensor technology, and it really that kind of depends. Uh, I guess that's activated by time, which I thought was interesting. So if you're there for a little bit. That means you, uh, you know, you went number one, and if you were there for a long time, then you were there for number two. So there you have it. Um, I guess the the one, the one thing I'll just I'll just point this out from my own personal experience. You know, for um, for for toilets, uh, the one thing that I found interesting is I tried to get a low flow toilet uh, for my home. And I ended up getting a a Kohler unit. Now I've never had any troubles with with smells. You know, all the toilets have been you know pretty good. They've been very cleanable. I have other Kohler toilets that work just fine. But I have this one, and this is one where it has like the class twelve flushing system. No, it's like class five, but you know it has one of these you know the massive flushing systems, and. Uh, it has this it, occasionally it has this odor. But I've, what I've kind of deduced, I played you know Sherlock Holmes a little bit. The regular standard, the the only way it comes in is, is it comes in the elongated bowl, which is a little kind of oblong, um, as opposed to the st- standard round, which is of course round in the front. But the the elongated bowl, this is the only way that the the class five in this particular model came, and it, it has a different kind of. Uh, um, internal, uh, you know, like uh, flushing system. So there's actually like little channels in the front. Well, it, it, you know, it's my uh, kind of assumption that 
those you know bacteria can actually start growing in those if you don't you know use them for a period of time it, it might be like a little area of of uncleanliness so to speak and you you'd get these these odors and you know it frankly it drives my wife crazy but i think that that you you know when you keep it clean it's just something to be be aware of that there actually are these little extra uh, you know waterways um in a elongated bowl for some of these uh, floor mounted you know flushing systems so for what it's worth you know uh, there has been issues i was i thought i think it's interesting though uh the difference between some of the toilets if you 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 watch the flush so to speak you know some of the uh you know the the toilets they're kind of violent with you know like you know 12 gallon flush or the standard 3 gallon flush they they you you typically uh have um, you know a decade ago, um, and that was kind of violent, and it was long, and it was just it was it was, it was drawn out. Nowadays, you know, you kind of wonder how these low flow fixtures actually work. Like, you know, okay, they, I see the jigglers in the toilet, and they all of a sudden they disappear. But really, you know, how does that work with you know real people? Um, and you know, what I found, it, it, it's actually kind of interesting. You know, it's I always wanted like a powerful flushing system, but this uh, these flushing systems that they've come up with. Uh, they certainly do, you know, the way they, they have the trap shaped and everything like that. It seems like it, it just kind of slightly floods the bowl and then everything just, you know, disappears. And it's really kind of, uh, really kind of ingenious that they've, they've managed to do what they can do with as, as, as little water as possible. So I think I've probably spent enough time on toilets. So thank you for my uh, uh, putting up with my little, little rant there. Now, the, the sinks go, you know... Really, this is one that you're going to have to work with the architect uh, about the sinks. Usually, the architects are going to say, "Okay, you know, what, whatever urinal you want to use, whatever you know, toilet you want to use, it, it, there's not a lot of choices." So, you know, you pick what you pick. But you know, again, be conscious of what you're selecting, and there are some things that you, that you need to think about when you're selecting them. But the sink is one thing, one variable that really the architects will pay a lot more attention to: the sink and the uh, the faucet fixture. So. Uh, you know, really coordinate that with the architect. But one thing to realize is think about how this area is going to be cleaned. How is it going to be maintained? Uh, a lot of people have like shrouds underneath the the the, uh, the sinks, and sometimes that ha- hides some of the fixture stops or some of the mixing valves or or some of the other equipment that that's there. And you know, sometimes these are shrouds are easy to remove. Sometimes they're really really difficult. Um, so whether or not you're going to have a, a, a you know a sink that actually is freestanding, whether you have one that's a, a drop-in or one that's that's an undermount, you know these are all things that you want to be uh, you know consider about because it's you know that was one of the items on the list when they're talking about um, you know the different things that they don't like about bathrooms. You know one of them was the uh, um, you know water collecting on the sink counter. Which I thought I thought was interesting. I've also heard stories that you know really it, it you have to be cognizant of who you're actually serving in the space. And and what I mean by that is that if you pick a fixture that you know is kind of uh, you know a little splashy, well if you put that in a place that's really fancy, that's bad because people don't when they're wearing their fancy fancy attire they don't want to get splashed. So you want to be able to you know kind of have something that's you know low and and, and kind of just it works in like that so just be cognizant of who the clients are that are going to be using this ba- these bathrooms and select something accordingly 
you know, to the to the contrary, you really want to make sure that uh, you know if you have if this is for some place that's a little bit more public, you want to make something that's uh, a little bit durable. You want to select something that's durable. Uh, you think about handles. Uh, you know, really, those are just kind of levers that. Uh, you know, people can break off of, you know, if you're thinking about, um, you, know, uh, you know, schools or uh, whether it's like a, you know, a public park, you know, it just, some of, some of these fixtures, some of these fittings just kind of lend themselves to a little bit more abuse. You might like the gooseneck, uh, you know, fitting for the, uh, the fixture, but it really might not necessarily apply. Uh, also, the uh, if you're using uh, sensors and you say okay just I'll get rid of the handles I'm just going to use a sensor operated uh, y- you know you got some choices to make there whether or not it's going to be uh, a, uh, a battery powered or whether it's going to be electric um, and you know is that coordinated with the maintenance staff are they are they on board with that or have they had some bad experiences that they say you know what I've had enough of changing batteries in these faucets to last me a lifetime you know you better get it hardwired um, that's something that you need to coordinate with the electrical. Uh, to make sure that that gets done so that everything goes okay there. Now, I guess one of the the um, last things I'll talk about with the, the, the fixtures, one thing I, th- I found rather interesting is that when I was uh, testing some fixtures, these faucet fixtures, and this is kind of, I don't know if it's neither here nor there, but I, just an observation that I had, these uh, fixtures have, uh, you know, are they, they just, you know, the flow gets lower and lower, and they have these certain aerators that restrict the flow. Um, so you're, you're pretty much down to nothing. Now, there's two things that, that really, I, I guess, um, you know, you should be aware of. If you're going to have that, like if you have a low-flow uh, aerator with a, um, a, um, uh, a sensor, uh, you're going to end up, waiting forever because that's uh, for hot water because that sensor is going to time out you're going to get you know this and it's going to go off and you still don't have water water so you have to and you try to keep faking it out and 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 getting more and more hot water i've sat in places and this actually the same bathroom that is my example bathroom i sat there for probably about you know a minute and a minute and a half just to get the water up to above 100 degrees fahrenheit you know and you know the hot water, and the the thing was, it's like you were like, well, the research there was a research system that was installed there, and you're like, well, that's not. Then it wasn't working, and it's like, no, that was working fine. But if you take that low flow, how long does that take you to get hot water at that fixture? Think about that. Yeah, it just it just doesn't work. The same thing, the, I guess the other point with the low-flow fixtures is if you have these point-of-use water heaters, they won't activate. You, you have to have a, a lot of these, you know, think about that when you're using point-of-use uh, electric water heaters like underneath the, uh, the, the countertop. Make sure that your lowest flow can activate that unit because if it can't, guess what? It's not worth a hill of beans. It's not going to do anything. It's never going to activate. So you're going to be, uh, you know you know, having, you know, some serious problems. All right. Moving on to finishing uh, with the uh, the toilet fixtures. Um, you know, there again, I always like to see, you know, a nice, you know, bead of cock around the, uh, you know, around the urinals, around the base of the, the toilets, just to make it finish and just to make it, you know, clean for maintenance so they can kind of mop around that without having, you know, to kind of just shove dirt kind of in the cracks and crevices. 
Now, the one thing I've, I've heard on, on a couple occasions when you're talking residential is that they don't like you to caulk around the, the base of the toilet um, specifically uh, because they want to know that if it uh, starts to leak, that it's just not rotting out inside underneath the toilet. You can actually see the water kind of leaking out there. So uh, just something to think about when you're talking about, uh, talking about residential. Let's see. Now, I guess the last thing is just remember the, the clean-out for the, for the bathroom. You know, sometimes you can you put it on the floor. Um, again, you'd probably want it in, uh, you know, where you have some space. I mean, think about a person who's actually going to clean it out. You know, you don't want to just kind of tuck it in where they can't get to it. Um, it's going to be a messy process where they're going to bring a, a machine in uh, to do some, uh, uh, you know, uh, snaking of the drain if, that's, if it's clogged or something like that. Uh, so you want to be able to make sure that you have some room around the clean-out uh, for that, whether or not it's kind of you know behind the wall in one of the, the restrooms or on the floor. Um, you know, just, just think about where you'd put a clean-out. And again, if you had a choice between the men's room and the ladies' room, put it in the men's room. Some miscellaneous things. Okay, here's some, some interesting things that I've found about toilet room design that I'll pass on. Now... I guess when you're talking about public places, uh, some of the things that you, that you might not have thought about, but I'll pass on because I thought they were rather interesting. Uh, you know, if you're talking about uh, illegal drugs or, or different activities like that, um, there was a tendency to, if you had sort of like a tank-type toilet, uh, you could use that to, you know, I guess, and, and I'm not necessarily giving you tips and tricks if you're a drug dealer, but I'm just pointing this out to you as the engineer, that that's something that, you know, if you have the choice between using a tank type and using some other type of toilet, if it was your option, um, you know, either, you know, it might be a pressure issue where you can't use a, a flush valve because they certainly require a certain amount of pressure. You might have to use a tank because of that. But if it's something that you could probably conceal within the wall, maybe that's a better option than putting it out in the open where people could actually use it to, uh, as a storage device for, you know, for whatever. Um, and also, I guess the same, same goes for ceilings. Uh, if you have ceiling tiles, if you have a, a public space, think twice about putting a lay-in ceiling in a, uh, a public restroom um, that's maybe out. And I'm, you know, I'm talking more or less you know, things that are out in uh, uh, parks and things like that. Um, not necessarily in, in buildings, but you know, certainly that, that could be the case too. But you know, above ceilings, if you have lay-in ceilings uh, that are low, uh, you could also have that as a, a place to uh, you know, put things. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I'll pass that along for what it's worth. Obviously, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the vein of keeping down the odor, I think the, the one thing that has entertained me uh, quite a bit is the, uh, the bucket of ice in a urinal. Um, you know, I, and that usually was uh, restaurants or bars where they have an ice machine. You know, some of them will actually take just a, a bucket of ice and just throw a bunch of ice in the urinal um, and let that you know, either keep down the smell or, or uh, um, you know, just you know, if pe people aren't flushing, it just... Um, you know, helps out there. Again, you know, just an observation that uh, if you've never if you've never seen it, then uh, I, I don't know. It's entertaining. Um, other things you want to make sure that uh, uh, if you're dealing with areas that are subject to freezing, you want to be able to make sure that you you keep your pipes uh, uh, located properly. Um, 
keep them out of the outside wall. Uh, if they're underground or if there's a crawl space, you may want to insulate the pipes there. Um, if you have an option, you know, you want to take as much care as you can to prevent pipes from freezing because typically in a toilet room, it, you know, you want to make it bulletproof. You don't want to have the maintenance people worrying about this time after time if it's going to end up freezing. Um, you know, I mean, typically even like in sinks and rooms, you want to avoid, you know, uh, pipes in the, uh, the outside walls. Um, it's just a bad idea all around. So use like a little extra time in design to try to, you know, coordinate that so you can kind of get it in a safe place. Uh, and you know where those are, you know, saves on a bunch of extra other stuff that you might use, uh, like electric heat, tra heat tracing in the outside wall or additional, uh, uh pipe insulation. Um, other thing that uh, is is interesting, obviously, floor slope. If you have a if you have a shower, an ADA shower, um, this is kind of one of those uh, um, uh, things that the uh, ADA shower with uh, no threshold. So you end up having just a kind of curtain knocking down the water, and the water kind of starts running out. You want to make sure that you're very careful in your specifications on on how things are pitched. If you have uh, an area of showering that has the the shower drain, you may want to have in an adjacent space. You may want to have another a secondary drain to catch um, uh, water for people who uh, you know dry off um, at that location. So. You know, there again, just realize that you know water. You don't want having um, you know water, uh, and I've seen I've seen it happen where the water just kind of uh, migrates out of the the shower and uh, you know takes a beeline for the uh, the door and just kind of you know goes right out the door uh, of the uh, of the bathroom. So you don't want to you want to avoid that uh, happening. So those are my miscellaneous design tips. Uh, for, uh, so what's the takeaway really, uh, have a process in place for laying out your bathroom. You know, we get back to that, have a system in place for laying out the bathroom. You really want to be able to meet your client's needs, make sure that, you know, they have something that they can be proud of, um, you know, that they, you know, enjoy using that they can, you know, they don't dread, you know, going to the bathroom and making a short trip of it. You know, they, they can, it's something that, that they can really, uh, they enjoy. You know, because it really can, it, it affect you, you know, all around. I mean, if it's, there's some toilet, toilet rooms that, that you see and you're like, ah, you know, I, I got to wait for this one to open up or, you know, I just can't use this one. I got to use another one that you have, like, toilet room preference uh, because of the way it's laid out, um, you know, or, or how much it gets used. So, you know, there's, there's things that you got to keep in mind. Oh, one point, I'll go back to this. On the plumbing, make sure that you have shutoff valves specifically for each bathroom group. You know, obviously you're going to have shutoff valves for each, you know, fixture stops for the, the fixtures. But have shutoff valves for each group. And, uh, you know, if you need a, 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 um, an access door for a drywall ceiling, make sure you have that specified as well. So one last tip for the, the plumbing side of things. You never, you you don't want to have to shut down the entire water for the uh, water for the entire facility just because you don't have, um, you know, shutoff valves for that specific bathroom group. Um, let's see. So laying out the bathroom, having a plan, meet your clients' needs, and you know, for heaven's sake, stand your ground with the architects, help them out. They want a bathroom that's you know, looks pretty just as much as you do, but they may not understand the certain nuances when it comes to toilet design. So 
Having said that, I'm going to stop. Uh, we're about at like 48 minutes here, and it's probably <laughs> longer. I, you know, if, you, if you're still listening, I appreciate it, uh, your troopers, and I uh, hope you actually got something out of this. Uh, if not, um, just uh, have, had, some, uh, had a laugh or two. So that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, if you learned something, if you need somebody who, uh, or you know somebody who needs a little help with plumbing design, pass on the word, send them a link, tell them where to get it. Uh, I'd appreciate that very, very much. And, uh, you know, again, I think, think of your, uh, um, you know, if you want to work on your, uh, your own networking skills, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, connect uh, with me at, uh, at BuildingX on uh, Twitter if you do that. Uh, if you don't, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter. Uh, I'm going to issue one. Uh, it's probably actually going to be um, uh, very soon, so it might be another month before you get a newsletter. But, hey, I'm, I always like to get back to people right away and uh, say, say thank you. So if you want to sign up to the newsletter, uh, look at my blog at www.buildingx.co. So... I guess that's pretty much it for this week. Until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know.